You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We are three weeks away from the Blazers starting training camp. But Craig Birnbeck and I have a ton to talk about on the Blazer Focus podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers for the Oregonian in Oregon Live. And of course, as I said, he is Craig Birnbach, my esteemed co-host. And before esteemed. we get to Blazers, yeah, your esteemed. Before we get to Blazers discussions, you and I have had a couple of departures lately. <laughs> you are back in the prep scene covering Friday night football. And I covered a Timbers game. You soccer. were at a soccer game, dude. I was at a soccer. A- I was totally out of my element. I was <laughs> flopping around like a fish out of water. I was just walking like, oh, my God. Uh, but I have to say this. Timbers, atmosphere, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Everybody knew that. I've seen it on TV. The Is that really I, your I fir- was game, that your first Timbers no, game? No, I went to okay. one back, I want to say, man, like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Only to because I was assigned to do a story on why the Timbers were going to work better as a franchise in Portland than the Portland Beavers had. So I did this big, long feature on the different dynamics between the two sports and how they fit in Portland, et cetera, et cetera. It was a really well-done piece, by the way. Newsflash. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think everyone agreed that was going to happen. Um, but that was the last time I went to one. But I remember that day a, a woman got mad at me and came at me sideways about our coverage of the Beavers. And it was our fault that the Beavers didn't work because we didn't cover them properly. She was a little drunk. And I think oh. I still have the recording somewhere. I should find it somewhere. But she got really kind of salty. And I was like, you're insane. Her boyfriend was there. He kind of pulled her away. But I was just like, wow, okay, whatever, lady. Have another beer. Anyway, um, but yeah, that was my first time in a long time. But that, listen, I have nothing but respect for soccer as a sport. The athletes are amazing. The endurance, the skill, all, you know, obviously high-end, world-class, et cetera, et cetera. But it just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, it's just, that's not a disrespect to the sport. It's just never been in something that's entertained me. Um, and it was kind of cool to be there, but I wasn't thrilled. However, I did learn something. I learned that when a coach is suspended, it's not a big deal. <laughs> right. The coach was suspended. And I was like perplexed. Like, wait a minute. Why isn't this a bigger thing? Well, because you I'm get enough red. Stor- it happens every year. The red card accumulation. Yeah, he had three, had three, yellow, yes. he had yes. three yellow cards for descent, yeah. which I thought was cute for descent. Um, so... Annie Peterson had mentioned Eric talked about it with someone else. I'm like, whoa. So I'm looking it up. I'm like thinking, whoa, this is a big deal. No. And actually to the point, I couldn't find one article about it. And so I get in the press conference. And I asked uh, Carlos, I can't remember his last name, who's filling in. Like, when did you know you were going to be the coach? And he's like looking at me all perplexed. I'm like, ah, oh, like, shit. I oh, excuse my language. But anyway, so I looked at another report. I go, wait, has this like been a thing for a few days? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so so then players, afterwards I went. Same thing happens I, I with players. So then afterwards, I, I asked uh, 
our writer, Clark, about it. And he said, oh, yeah, that was in my game story on Wednesday. It was just mentioned in the game story. Oh, the coach will miss Saturday's game because he got another yellow card. And I was just laughing. I was like, see, Avengers, you do not know that much about soccer, how this all functions. Because in any other sport I've ever covered, if the coach is suspended, that's a standalone story. Yes. But in soccer, it's just like, oh, He's suspended. It's just literally written into the middle of other articles. <laughs> like just like, yeah. So yeah, because you was... know, because they also know they're going to get suspended at some point because you're going to get another yellow because you're going to get it right. right. Exactly. Diego Char yeah. is going to be suspended every year for the Timbers. He's their best defender for a decade, but he accumulates yellows because he leads the league or close right. to in fouls. So eventually he's going to he's going to be suspended for a game. But even in the NBA, if you get in a certain amount of is it flagrant text or I can't remember what it is. Technical. You get you. There's a number on it where you yeah. can get suspended because Rashid used to cross yes. that all the time. Yes. But when that happens, that's news, right? Because it doesn't happen often. Like it hasn't happened in years that someone's gotten that far. Yeah, it's just different. And two yellows, anyway. you're kicked out of the game. One red. It's it's less of a deal than a baseball. Um, you know, coach getting thrown out because then the yeah. bench coach has to step up immediately and doesn't have prep. As opposed to in soccer, you you know, they know what's going to happen. And let's right. be honest. I'm just going to tell you, I love soccer, played it, covered the crap out of it at multiple levels. Um, you put 11 guys on the, on the field, you have limited amount of subs. So, you know, there's <laughs> not like once the game starts, the coaching element becomes less. Like you already usually know which three subs you're going to use and when. The only thing gets weird is when people get hurt. So it's not like, you know, you're not calling tons of plays like off the cuff, you know, on, oh, it's third and two. What do we got? Like, it's a quarter (laughs) kick. We, we practice these, these sets. Like they know what they're doing. So it's not the same kind of, uh, issue. All right. So I learned something, uh, that day that was interesting. Anyway, moving on to a sport I do sort of semi understand our Blazers here. Yeah. And by the way, you uh, just said, here's, 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 I, I, just to fill in, I, I'm doing high school football coverage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fox 12, yeah. Friday night lights, 1030 with my boy, Nick Krupke. He practiced, he's a hard guy to say no to. My wife tried to tell me to say no, but I, I didn't. So I love high school football. It's just, a, it's just fun. It's definitely fun. I covered it back in the day and I could definitely see myself when I enter semi-retirement still <laughs> moonlighting and not moonlighting, but just covering uh, yeah. prep football. It's a cool it. side gig. Yeah, it's awesome. It's That's all and the kids are always excited to see you. Yes. Unlike NBA players sometimes. All right. So speaking <laughs> of the Blazers, here's what we're going to talk about today. The Blazers are going to move training camp to Santa Barbara. I, I know. Gary Payton II, this is a little old, but we haven't talked about it, but apparently he was on a podcast with George Carl and said he chose Portland for the money. Straight up. And there's a little, little scuttlebutt on Twitter about that. Straight I don't know up. Uh, some West roster moves, Donovan Mitchell on the, on, the, on the move, Patrick Beverly, how those moves affect the Blazers. And then there was some discussion on Twitter, I think, or Instagram, I can't remember which one, about the best NBA duos. We're going to talk about where either Dame or Ant or Dame or Grant fit into that. And then last but not least, the Blazers added a few bodies, one of them a seven-footer, Olivier Saar, I believe his name is, from Oklahoma City. Uh, He's going to be the tallest guy on the roster, so we will tackle those topics here today. Let's start with Santa Barbara, only because it's something new. The Blazers, I've asked several people who have covered the Blazers, and no one can recall the last time they went out of state. Someone said maybe they went to Hawaii back in the Drexler era, um, not for sure. They've got, they've gone to Linfield College, which is out of the city limits, 
but Tualatin's not necessarily in Portland, but you know, it's important. It's not Tualatin in Portland, area. actually. So I don't count that. Linfield to me doesn't count. If you're in, if you're in the state, that is, that's not that big a deal. Um, but no, it's interesting. No one has said for sure why, but I've had a conversation with a source about it, and they speculated, didn't know for sure, but that it's just a, a team bonding thing. Yeah. Let's get away from Portland. Let's get everyone together. This way, people aren't going home to their families or their girlfriends. Uh, they're going to be together in the hotel. I'm assuming maybe some significant other might come down there too, but it's just a way to bond and come together as a team. What do you think? So, you know, and I've been, you know, covered the Blazers since 2007. They've never gone, done anything like this. But I worked for quite a while, about a decade in Charleston, South Carolina. And Pat Riley loved Charleston, and he used to bring his teams down to train. So the Knicks, when he was with the Mm. Knicks, they trained in Charleston. And then when he switched up, I think he brought Miami. And then other teams, uh, after Pat Riley stopped doing it, would periodically have training camp in Charleston. It was great at the College of Charleston. Little gym, you know, little college basketball gym. They'd, you know, stay in downtown Charleston. All of a sudden, you'd see Patrick Ewan walking down the street. Um, So, um, and that was, the purpose was, you know, Pat Riley said he liked to get them out of, you know, out of New York or out of Miami, wherever they were, so they could just concentrate on basketball. They didn't have to deal with their, their families, you know, like not in a bad way, but... Kids and things like that. Like, hey, we're here for a week. It's just basketball. And you you don't you're in a city, you don't know anyone, you're always gonna hang out with a teammate or a coach. So it definitely works. It definitely works. I think with a team that is um relatively you know, quite a few young players, a lot of new players, um, I think it's a, a great idea. I mean, they'll see they won't have to deal with media probably at the same level. They definitely won't have to at the same level. Um, and the questions will be different. Like I covered training camp uh, when they were in Charleston for the Knicks. And my first question was, what do you think of Charleston? Do you like it? Do you like Charleston? <laughs> Where are you going to eat? Where are you going to eat? You know, like it's not going to – it's not like uh, – because the the Charles, the Santa Barbara audience doesn't care about the Blazers, you know, win and loss if they covered it all right. with media. So I think it's a great idea. Um, it gets them out of their element. They'll bond fat. It accelerates bonding, no doubt. Uh, but it'll get intense too, you know, because that's all they'll be doing right. is uh, is basketball. So I love it. I agree. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, I've covered the Seahawks. I remember when they went from going, they used to go to Spokane, I think, and then they. They started holding training camp at their facility and, of course, at the new facility. And I always thought, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of convenient in a way to just roll from training camp into your, into the regular season or preseason and you're still in your same locker. But I think it's kind of cool whenever a team can go somewhere and and be isolated and, and bond for a week or two. So I like it for this team. They've got some new faces, obviously, um, especially with Gary Payton, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, and uh, Jeremy Grant. So, no, I think this will be good. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I don't think it's going to be worth five or ten wins, but, <laughs> but I think there's oh. definitely value in, in for them for them to do this. And they, they start September 27th. Media Day is going to be the 26th, which means I'm going to have to fly out after Media Day. Training camp starts the 27th. I will be there all week. Oh, that's and awesome. And then I'm, I'm, I'm told they're either going to go straight from Santa Barbara to Seattle for their game, which I think is on the 2nd of October, or they might come to Portland first and then go up there. I'm kind of hoping they go straight to Seattle so I can just fly from Santa Barbara to Seattle and then fly from Seattle to Portland as opposed to coming to Portland and then having basically to drive up probably, <laughs> which I do not want to drive right to Seattle. Woe is me. First world problems. Uh, any, any, other, any other thoughts on this issue? <laughs> no, that, it, you know, and it is a commitment, you know, 
for the team to do this. So you got to like that as well when people are always constantly looking for that. I mean, there is cost to it and there is, um, and it, and it, to me, it shows that Chauncey Billups is take, you know, is doing something to, uh, kind of make it more his team, right? This is a Mm -hmm. Chauncey Billups decision, you know, um, you know, more than, you know, it's definitely something he wanted to do and agreed to do or, or, or probably he's the one who said, let's do it. So I, I like that too, because I don't think we got to see a lot of what we talked about a lot. We don't know what Chauncey Billups is as a head coach in the NBA based on what we saw last year. And with COVID right. and stuff in the beginning, you know, last year as well, not knowing. It's also another sign that COVID's less of a big deal, right? That we're getting to uh, see hmm. some normalcy. Uh, because they yeah. probably wouldn't have done this, you know. Even if Chauncey wanted to do it last year, probably wasn't on the table. So I like that part because I want to see, I want to see what a Chauncey Billups-led uh, Portland Trailblazers team is all about. And he clearly is going to have some, you know, he'll have more time with this team uh, by doing this in Santa Barbara than he would if they were just, you know, doing it in Tualatin and everyone was going home. So that's the uh, the other thing that I wanted to add. Exactly. All right, moving along to. Our next topic, Gary Payton the second. He appeared on a podcast with George Carl. I think it's called Truth in Media. And George Carl asked him straight up, why did you choose Portland over Golden State? This was after Gary Payton has talked extensively about how great his experience was with Golden State, winning the championship, playing with Steph Curry. He said flat out he had to take the money. <laughs> he, didn't <laughs> he got play about games. a 28, $28 million deal. Uh, he spelled it out. It was a little few people on Twitter were talking about someone saying this isn't this isn't what Blazers fans want to hear and other people were saying well, why what does it care you know who cares this should, this this should have been a fact in anyone's mind it doesn't mean he doesn't want to be in Portland but it means he was trying to get paid and this is a guy Gary Payton undrafted who has grinded himself yes. into this position um as i mean it's as good a success story as there probably has been in a long time for an undrafted free agent, or at least up there with those types of players. Norman Powell would be one of those guys as well. Uh, but for him to pretty much just have to kill it at all different levels and ways to finally get a chance and win a ring and then get $28 million. Like, it's just a great story. He's going to bring a lot to this franchise. To me, it was like, duh. <laughs> so I couldn't believe anyone reacted to it. Because, yeah, you're trying to get paid, man. That's what you're trying to do, especially a guy like him who probably three years ago never thought he would see $28 million. Now he has $28 million. I just thought it was very very refreshing to see hear him say flat out what the reason was. Yeah, I mean, the podcast. The main reason, I should say. Yeah, the podcast called Truth and Basketball. So he gave him Truth, Truth and, and basketball. basketball. You know, he yeah. gave it to them both. <laughs> yeah, the, the part that was interesting look, if I was his PR guy, I would have told him, What are you doing? Like, don't do that. Don't say that. No, be do that. Be he honest. said, The part that he said, I would have gone anywhere where the money was. And that, right. if you're a Blazer fan, like, that's not what you. Blazer fans don't like that. They just don't. They want people to choose. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you why people got upset. They want people. They want. It's like duck fans. Look, it's an. It's a. It is more of an Oregon. It is an Oregon. It it is an Oregon type thing. I will say that that people want this special relationship because they feel that if you're going to come live here and love it here, you've got to be a little bit different, right? And we say that's you know people won't come here because of this, this, and this. Gary Payton kind of proved what I've said all along. People come if you give them money and if they think they can, you know, if they think they can win. For Gary Payton, he already won. He didn't get the money, right? He wanted right. the money. Guaranteed. Bam. $28 million, I'm in. 
I would just say it wasn't. Why? Why be that honest? Like, why say I would have gone anywhere that they paid me the most? Like, uh, but I don't care. I don't think he's the one thing. You know, we did get two years of him in Corvallis, right? So we all saw how he plays. This is not a guy that's making, you know, that plays basketball because he's um, he plays a pretty game or or he doesn't play tough. Gary Payton's a defensive, hard-nosed basketball player. The moment he's not, he's cut. No matter what, even no matter what the twenty-eight million is, like he's not going right. to get any run. I mean, Gary Payton's not going to play if he doesn't play hard because he doesn't. You know, he's not a guy that's going to score sixty. He's not going to score twenty. You know, probably except on a rare night. His job is to shut people down, um, get rebounds, be the tall six-foot-one guy on the court because of his reach and it, it, so. It doesn't worry me that he's not going to play hard. And, um, you know, the other thing is he he does – his dad played in the Pacific Northwest. He chose to play college ball in at Oregon State. So he's not coming here with any surprise like, holy crap, the weather sucks in February. Like he's not going to be shocked. <laughs> you know, so he's going to play basketball. So in the end, it doesn't matter to me. I would just say if I if I was his, you know, agent or his PR guy or if he came to me for media training, I'd be like, hey, yeah, you you don't have to be that honest about it. Like say, hey, I went where the money is, but I also have these connections to Oregon and Portland would have been better, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at it like this. Blazers fans are always worried about the cap this and the cap that and flexibility this and flexibility that and not the future this. And, fa- and so why do you want to have money? So you can sign people. Why does money get you people? Because people want money. So, hey, they had some money. They were able to make a move. They got Gary Payton. People should be excited about it. And I love the fact that he just said, hey, I got paid. And I know you agree with me. I'm just saying, I, and I agree yeah. fans. See things I just think Blazer fans should be more as, worried about it. Is he worth twenty eight million? Like that's my question. You know, like I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I love Gary Payton, but there's a reason why he had to grind, right? Now, is what he did at Golden State because that fit perfectly for what they needed? Because they never needed him to score a bucket, and no one would ever guard him when he was on the court. Because these guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond, and you know, guys coming off the bench and could score thirty. Will he be as effective that he's going to earn twenty eight million dollars? Where is his coaching staff going to find a way that he, for that money, he better play twenty minutes a night, right, or at least eight? You know, oh, he's going to twenty. Oh, he's, he's, he, he's going to play. So it, actually, it's three years, twenty six point one to be more right. accurate here. And so that's only eight, seven, eight, three a year is how it breaks down. Eight, seven, and eight, three, eight, three. That's nothing in today's NBA. Anthony Simons just got 25 million a year. But it's a roster spot that he has to play and produce. And what I'm saying is Peyton will will absolutely play. But to me, to get an elite defender who can defend three positions uh, for only eight million, yeah, he's worth that. I think easily. I 100% agree if what you just said ends up being true for three years. And, I, and I'm and i a believer, but there's a reason. Like, we, his resume says that others didn't believe until Golden State. He yeah, didn't. Good point. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's what I – if I'm a Blazer fan, I'm more concerned with that we get the Golden State Peyton, not the guy that was G League and undrafted, right, that people didn't find a spot for. Uh, but I do right. believe that – you know, Chauncey Billups knows how to – he got him for a reason. Yeah, 100%. And plus, Damian Lillard wanted him, so that adds to, there you go. <laughs> that adds to it as well. <laughs> 
All right, so we move on, and we move on to, like, I've brought people behind the curtain before. We share, like, a Google Doc of what we're going to talk about. And I don't know, I don't know if Fentress did this just to make me mad, or it was just an actual mistake. But in the note, in the notes, it says, let's talk about uh, West roster moves. And this is what it says. I'm just reading it. Donovan Mitchell traded to the Knicks. <laughs> no, you to added the that. the Knicks. You no, added that. I didn't. I did not. I added a note that says, I wish it was the Knicks. No, that's what. That's my boy. My boy's either trying to sabotage me or just <laughs> he does it you know, without even thinking. Caps. You know what? You know yes. what? I probably, I probably, I probably was thinking about. Oh yeah, he didn't go to the Knicks. Craig's gonna be bitter about that. And then type Knicks, but it was not on purpose, at least consciously. But my subconscious <laughs> is a little devious, you know. And he can, he can sometimes take over and do things like that. So I have to plead both innocence and guilt. But anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we want to talk about some moves that happened in the West, that including Donovan Mitchell's gone from the Jazz and now on the Cavs, which I've convinced myself as a Knicks fan is a good thing. We don't want him anyway. He's too short. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Patrick Beverly was added to the Lakers. So my question is, does any of this stuff really matter to the Blazers, or or is it really like, look, the Jazz were going to stink anyway. So if you couldn't beat the Jazz, the Blazers weren't going anywhere. And when it comes to the Lakers, is to me, so I'll just state, neither of these moves meant anything to me in, in, in as far as the Blazers. Because to me, the Jazz were going to stink. Um, they've decided to stink on purpose. So if you couldn't beat the Jazz and you're the Blazers, you're not going to the playoffs. And to me, the Lakers, it's about one thing is – AD and LeBron, are they healthy? Because if they're healthy, the Lakers are going to probably the Lakers are going to contend for a top four spot and for a championship. Adding Patrick Beverly, without if those two guys aren't he- healthy, Patrick Beverly is not going to make that much of an impact on the playoff um, order in the West. Um, and if they're both healthy, they're going to be in the top four no matter what. So that's my take. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for the most part, Beverly gives him another option, a point guard who can shoot a lot better than Westbrook, and he also plays really good defensively. It's funny, though, that he, he made the comment the other day, I think he was serious, he seemed serious, where someone asked about playing with LeBron and AD. He said, no, they're playing with me. I made the playoffs last year, which was just so classic Patrick Beverly. Yes. But he's going to bring some attitude. He's going to bring some tenacity. I think he's definitely going to help them. But yeah, of course, it's all about LeBron and AD. If those two are healthy and rolling, they're definitely going to be, at, at, I would say, top six for sure. I don't know about top four for sure, but we'll see. Because uh, because LeBron is aging, even though his stats were there. There's still The age is still a, an issue, I think, as you roll forward. Um, the Jazz pretty much decided they were going to tank after they traded Gobert. However, right. had they not moved Mitchell, I think with Mitchell and the other pieces they have, they would have been still a really good team. And now they're nothing. So they're gone. The problem for Portland, though, is that you look at Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas. That was a top four last year. Denver, they're going to get Murray back. Whoops. Minnesota just got Gobert. Whoops. Pelicans, if they get Zion back, that trio of Zion, Ingram, and McCollum, whoops. Clippers are going to get Kawhi back and added Wall. If he's healthy, whoops. That's eight teams right there. And then the Lakers. That's the nine Lakers. legitimate playoff teams. Oh. How, like, how are the Blazers going to fit into that mix? Now, you, if you're a Blazers fan, one, you got to, first of all, get yourself above 500 and then hope injuries happen. And we know injuries are going to happen. One or two of those eight teams I just mentioned, 
they're going to have something happen Something's that's going to cause happen. them to fall. It happens yeah. every year, just like it just happened with the Lakers uh, last year and happened with the Blazers last year. They 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 were hit with the injury bug. Uh, so yeah, it's um, I think it just, it does help in the way that it eliminates a team from even being in the mix. But man, they have so many other teams to get past that yeah. at the end of the day. I don't know if it's that huge of a deal. No, no, those things don't matter. Like they're, they're, it matters to Damian Lillard when they play the Lakers, when they play the Lakers, because Patrick Beverly's going to have to guard him, and that's annoying as heck. You know what I mean? Like that's so that that's, but he was going to guard him when he was at Minnesota or wherever he was going to be if he wasn't in the West. Uh, but yes, as far as the playoffs and the big impact, neither of these Donovan Mitchell wasn't going to be on the Jazz. We knew that. We just thought he was going to be on the Knicks. I mean that. Danny Ainge does Danny Ainge things. He didn't go in there, dump Gobert to keep Mitchell. Like so, right. to me, that wasn't anything. Um, what do you? The Jazz are what not going to be a factor. Not what do you think overall about what he's doing? Danny Ainge. Yeah. So I think he's half crazy and half genius, right? So <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. Like you could, it looks crazy, but you know, he won a title with the Celtics when he figured it out. And I, I will say that I don't. The test is half taken right now, and it looks like he's failing. But at the same time, like, what do you turn those picks into? You're talking to a Nick fan that's got all these picks now, right? And what do we got? What do we do with it? Nothing really. Right. And right. and if you don't turn it into great stuff, then whatever. But you know, he bought a championship or do whatever you want to call it. What he did in Boston, it was genius, man. Like that was amazing. And if if he did it. Uh, look, I, I and also look. They weren't. They hated each other. <laughs> like they hated each other, and they weren't yeah. going to be productive together in the playoffs. Mitchell and Gobert, right? So, and I think building yourself around a six foot one scorer in the NBA, you don't win a lot of titles like that. Just that. I mean, there's there's Steph Curry's not. He's taller than six one, but he's like the guy, right? That guy, and he Mitchell's not. Um, you know, Curry and Curry's never done it without help. So I get it. And now I'm just, you know, some of these things I'm saying about Mitchell is because the Knicks don't have him. If the, if he was on the Knicks, of course you could build a championships around a six foot one guy. So like yeah. some of this is a, I can't separate that, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think yeah, Danny Ainge look, gets oh. a, he, people either love him or hate him. Right. You know, it's a kind of a weird well, thing. I, I think only two teams have won a championship led by, a small guard is our best player in the last 50 years. Warriors, twice, because I don't even count the Durant, too, because Durant was the best player as far as I'm concerned. And then yep. uh, Isaiah Thomas with the Pistons. That's it. So Donovan Mitchell already has some injury issues. Is Donovan Mitchell on the level of Curry and Isaiah Thomas? I say no. Um, he's making $37 well, no. million dollars a year. Gobert was just got signed for, what, 40-something? You're looking at that going, I'm paying these two guys $80 million, and I believe I have zero chance to contend. You make this move. You start over. Now, is it going to work yeah. out? Who knows? You got to get lucky. You got to hit. You got to hit on some draft picks, and maybe you got to pull off a trade. How many free agents are going to volunteer? How many marquee star free agents are going to volunteer to go to Utah? No, I don't believe I very many because we know here it doesn't happen here. I'd rather go to Portland than Utah, but um, I, so I can't imagine they're going to be able to pull that off uh, to, to land a big fish down the road. So he's going to have to be, do you know a lot of uh, witchcraft to make this work. But I do see. Uh, the the path he's taken. He wants to move Clarkson. He yep. wants to move Bogdanovich. You know, he, and I don't blame him. Um, so yeah, I think he's I think he's making the smart play for the long term. We'll see how it works out. It's a move for a younger man. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Dang, just no, no spring chicken. I, I hope he gets to see it. <laughs> okay, so there was a tweet or an Instagram post the other day, and I didn't properly capture it because I can't find it again. But it talked about the best duos in the NBA. 
and it had the Blazers duo of Lillard and Grant. It chose Grant over Ant, which I think makes sense. Um, as I think they were ranked 24th, um, which is low, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you look at the history of the NBA and I, I got into a Twitter discussion about this the other day with a guy on Twitter, who's like a big time, like old head as we are, as we're called, <laughs> he's older than me, but he's been following the NBA for 50 years. And he obviously knows a lot about the history of the NBA. And we were talking about how, you know, you do not, um, that most championships in the last 50 years were won by the team with the best player slash superstar. And the exceptions are injuries involved or the Durant-Curry thing against LeBron, which I still think LeBron was a better player, but Durant teamed up with Curry, so he had the second and third best player going against the first. And then you know, Magic getting hurt against the, the Pistons is an injury example. And then, of course, the, the, the Kobe-Shaq meltdown against the Pistons. But if you look at almost every other championship, you could that, that the team that won had arguably or definitely the best player. And so if you take that next step to duo... If you go and you look at the best duos in a series, it's pretty much sort of the same thing, which makes sense if the best player won, then, you know, Jordan Pippen situation is there, Magic Kareem, blah, 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 on and on. Um, so if the, the, the feeling in this ranking, and I'm not saying this was valid or not, is that Dame and Grant are in the 20s, then that gives you an idea of sort of where they probably really rank in terms of... Um, you know, among contending, or among duos that are going to create a contender. And it was a little sobering just seeing Because I think in my mind, I know they're not going to contend, but I do think this is going to be a good pairing, especially with Ant. I do think they're going to be formidable. But it just sort of shows you that, yeah, they're still a long ways away and they need a true number two um, to have a chance. So I thought you and I could just run through the NBA real quick, identify the duos, and then name how many we think rank ahead of whatever Dame and Grant are going to be, keeping in mind that Dame is, if he returns to form, he's going to be a top 15 player at worst. Some say top 10, I say top 15. Um, so anyway, you prepared for this? You got something to say first before we go through? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know we were going to go that extensive, so I did kind of top five and top 10. And, um, you know, they're, they're not they're not there. <laughs> you know, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we'll just like really yeah, quick. No and, I'm, and I'm going to bold them as yep. we go through them. So Miami, Butler, Bam. Who would you take? Yeah, I'd take Butler Bay. Yeah, me too. Tatum and Brown for Boston. I'd take Tatum. Boston. Giannis and Middleton. Giannis. Stop. And you said Giannis. <laughs> what? I said you said Giannis, so you could stop. Oh, stop right there. Okay. Embiid <laughs> Harden. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Siakam Van Fleet or Barnes? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, you know, I'd be biased and say. I'm going to say no. Uh, let me see. I'm going to say no there. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yeah. no. Levine and DeRozan. Yeah, them help those two healthy is better. You know what? I'm gonna say no. If if Dame's the best player right. out of the four, and Levine yeah. and Demar do not play defense, I think Grant plays defense and is taller. He's as, he's as athletic as Levine, and Dame is better than the other two. I'm gonna say no there, and I'm a Bulls fan saying no. All right, Durant, Kyrie. See, I gotta say no because Kyrie's dysfunctional. Oh, stop. He's this okay as a talent, yes. But Kyrie is no, completely it, dysfunctional. It, it starts with Durant, dude. It starts with Durant. You put Durant in, like, you know, me, and I might pick, wow. I might pick the Nets. Wow. Durant's a top. Kevin okay, Durant is a I'll top, count it. I'm yeah, just come on. I'm just really anti-Kyrie. He hurts you in the end. All right, Trey and DeJounte Murray or Collins. Uh, I'm going to say definitely Damon Grant over that. Yeah. Yep, okay. yep. Mitchell and or, yeah, Mitchell and Garland and Cleveland. I'm taking the Blazers over that. Yep. 
Hornets. Well, Bridges is gone. So who's their number two now? Yeah. Do they have a number two? Doesn't matter. Okay. I'm Doesn't matter. Knicks, Barrett, Randall. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking. I mean, Dame, you know, if you look at the numbers. It, it, We're going by Dame being the elite Dame. 29, yeah, then, 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 8, and 5, 46, and 40. Okay. Beal Kuzma, I'm taking the Blazers. Halliburton Turner, I'm taking the Blazers. For, that's for Indiana. Detroit, Cunningham, who's your number two? They just drafted someone else, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Magic, Wendell Carter, and Bonchero. Yeah, no. Doesn't matter. Now we're in the West. Sons, Booker, and Paul are booking yeah, eight. It's definitely. Over. It's over. Let's definitely. stop. Let's stop. 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 stop it. No, see, I think, Don't no, no. Say it's elite Dame is better than Booker. And Paul's getting old. So, But I'm still going to go with Suns. I'm still going to go with Suns. All right. Morant and Bain or Jackson. I'm going, see, I'm going with Dame. No way. No, come on. Dame and Grant. John Morant, right now. He's not better than Dame. He's not better than Dame. Oh, He's not better than Dame. I mean, I don't want to say that. He has not had a season better than Dame's elite seasons. He's not had one. Really, going into the season, you want John Morant or Damian Lillard, you're going to take Damian Lillard? Oh, absolutely. And, and 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 another dude over over what Memphis has. I don't oh. know. I think that's tough. I think that's cool. Again, know. we're talking I mean, about I, I, we're talking I, about Dame playing like he did two years ago when he was an MVP candidate for a while until the, until his ribs killed him. Jo- so hold on a second. See, listen, I like John Morant's talent. Don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of money invested in John Morant cards. <laughs> well, I just think John Morant this, but, this year. John Morant. I don't even know what he's going to do based on what he did last year, and he carried that team to a number two seat. For a while, you know what I'm saying? Listen, like okay. they were ugh, okay, but I know the but, West was decimated. But, okay, they were Hold so on. good. And Hold on, I agree with you. But listen, here's the difference between the two: three point shooting. Morant's career 33 percent. If Dame's at forty, he's just that much more efficient. His his effective field goal percentage I, I know, is John, better. So John gives you the more athleticism. Well, and ja, but Jaw is not. Neither one of them is a good defender. I'm just saying. And then maturity wise, if I'm in a series. Seven game series, I'm taking the smarter, veteran, more efficient scorer over the young, hot shot athlete, athlete who's still maturing and growing. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to separate my I'll brain from you know what the the improvement that Jaws had from year to year and then another year, right? So I I just John Morant to okay. me like all right. So I'm gonna give yeah, you that that's one. A tough one. That's a tough one for me. Don't let Damien know you said this. Okay. Um, Golden State, Curry, and Clay. Obviously, I'm going to go with Curry and Clay. Stop. He said stop. Luca and Christian Wood. Is he number two now? I'm just saying, Luca. I mean, like, Luca's the best player, and it's not even close. So right. I'm taking Dallas. Okay. Sexton and Markin and Lowry yeah, Markin for Utah. No. They stink. They now we're going to assume, we're going to assume Murray comes back. Jokic and Murray. Definitely. Now, Minnesota, man, Minnesota's going to be pretty good, dude. Edwards and Cat or I mean, Edwards to me, Rudy I would take – you, you put four names on that list yeah. on our paper here, and it's not it's not close when you do it that way. Right. Pelicans, Ingram Pelican, or Zion or Ingram. Pelicans. Yeah, that's – even if we said Ingram and CJ, I – because I yeah, – But we'd think, go Ingram and Zion because – Yeah, but I'm just saying even if, even if we went Ingram beautiful. and CJ, I'd say Dame's the best player, but Grant's the fourth best player. And there's a big gap for me from Ingram to Grant. Anyway, Clippers, Kawhi, obviously. He's healthy. He's back. So. Spurs, Keldon Johnson, and who? Yeah. Who's I'll, take the bl- I mean, I'll take the Blazers. Damon's. Lakers, yeah. obviously. LeBron and AD when they're healthy. Kings, Fox and Sabonis. Eh, I'm not going to go there. I'd take, I'd take. See, it's weird that you're hesitating because to me, like that's. You I'd take Fox and Sabonis? Jo- no. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not okay. even close. No, I, yeah, I'm just saying, but the hesitant, like John Morant, you know, eats them for breakfast in my mind. You know, what I mean, like 
easy. So, uh, yeah, but it's the bonus uh, is better than the number two, though. Right, right. And but I don't. De'Aaron Fox. Is, I don't love De'Aaron Fox. Is really good. You don't like De'Aaron? He's Fox? good. He's he's really good. But he, but he has he has three, he, yeah he has three point shooting issues. So yeah, I'm with you. But okay. he's not John. Well, I agree. Ryan. I agree. Thunder, uh, Gildress Alexander, and Chet. Whoops. Um, oh and, and no, that's Houston, just mean. That's just mean. Houston, Jabari Smith, Kevin Porter. Okay, so I've so we've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So we've got the Blazers at the sixteenth best or the fifteenth best duo. Yeah, we're biased as heck. I'm not biased. And I'm not biased. No, no, I'm not yeah, biased. But I'm not biased. I gave them over. Just, I picked them over the Bulls. I'm a no, Bulls I fan. know that, but you haven't. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, there's no way in Memphis there they they would, you know, that, that wouldn't even be a debate for them, probably. You know what I mean? Like, so we're a little biased. And we're also, we're doing something that we don't know if the other group did, which is really just giving Dame back a time machine to two years ago. And others might not do that. In that. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Dame two years ago was a top 10 player, top five player. You know what I mean? Like he was, you could, the debate was the first half Dame of the in season. the top five. Yeah. Wow. I'm just yeah. saying like, that's where the debate was. Right. And we would have argued, yeah, heck yeah. And if not, he's six. Right. And now mm-hmm. we're kind of saying, well, he's a top 10 player and top 15 if he's perfectly healthy. And, and I hope he is. And I believe he'll be because I'm biased toward Dame. And if Dame says he feels great, I believe him because Dame, you know, Damian Lillard in my time covering has been the most honest, you know, superstar I've ever, you know, been around. So, uh, but the league is tough, man. That's what this says. I mean, I would have said that they would definitely be in the top 20 when, you know, when you said that people had him at 24th. I didn't believe that because I think, again, based on your best player thing, Dame at peak Dame is a top 10 player or, you know, right, you know, between 10 and 12 at the lowest. Right. And so that would put me there. Okay. Um, but we, the number two player on the Blazers, we're basically putting a guy that's never been, an, you know, nobody's considered like a Jeremy Grant, on, all-star uh, caliber player. Right. Right. You right. know, like they've been, and, and Ant is a hope. Hope to be, no, and he's only Ansel, shown Ancelock. great. Ancelot, of course he is, because you've invested your entire, <laughs> you know, credibility on it. But the truth is, he's never played extremely well, or he's never played a lot of minutes on a team that wasn't terrible. <laughs> no, when he I mean, was, well, the no, the two months he was starting, they were not terrible. They were not. They beat. Oh. They won at Memphis. They All beat right. Durant, your boy John Morant. <laughs> they beat the Bucks. No, dude, oh, seriously, that two months stretch, they were almost five hundred, and then things collapsed. Anyway. They were all right. They were almost just bad. <laughs> they were so close to being just bad. You know what? Oh, that's you know what? We're gonna. I look. I love Ant too. It's just no, ridiculous. It's like just, there you're, be no the weird slavery. thing about the thing that's weird is knowing you now for over a decade. <laughs> oh, you poor guy. And this is not like you. You don't have this blind like belief in. Uh, it's not or, blind. Uh, it's it's I, money. I'm just saying like this. You don't do this very often. I you don't. don't just dive in and 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 when and I do, say, like, I'm right. Herbert. Well, you know, right. You know, 
Marcus, hey, you're, right. You're still Dixon, married. Right. You chose your wife, right? So I guess that <laughs> in that regard, you, that way, you know, we're still friends. <laughs> so I guess you pick you pick some things, right? But uh, I hate this because it ends up me being anti-ant, and I'm not no, anti-ant. You're, you're not anti-ant. <laughs> you're anti the glorification, the, 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 the premature glorification of ant is what you're anti. Yes. And I'm pro I'm just, the yes. not much premature because it's spot on and just clairvoyant <laughs> glorification of ant. Right. See, that's 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 yeah. the difference. Okay. All right. And honestly, <laughs> the hard part is rooting for his success is rooting for your success. And that's where I struggle. Because <laughs> you don't want me gloating. If he makes the if he when he makes an all-star team, I'm gonna be unbearable. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, un- unbearable. So you're gonna be bearable. Yeah. Whoa. You're gonna be wow. Un un ungrizzly bearable. Wow. That's what you're gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move uh, along. The bla- the bla- let's close out with this because I know you got to run. Let's go. The Blazers signed four guys. Devontae Kakok. I can't even pronounce C A C O K. Center Olivier Olivier Sar. Guards Isaiah Miller and Jared Roden. Uh, Roden. Uh, none of them have the chance to make the roster. I don't believe other than Sar. Sar is interesting only because he's a seven footer. He'll now be the tallest guy on the team. He's only twenty three. He played 22 games last year with two starts for Memphis, shot 57%, averaged seven points, four rebounds in 19 minutes. Um, those are decent, solid numbers, obviously. But, you know, what, how do you, you know, and a block shot in 19 minutes is pretty good too. But what does that mean if that, like, if he were a, you know, legitimate, you know, center of the future, why would Memphis let him go? Like, even with Chet Holmgren, whatever, he's going to play three, four, or five. Why would you let this guy go? So, Oklahoma City. Huh? He was on Oklahoma City. Did I not, not say Memphis. that? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you sorry. said you were. Yeah. I said my bad. Yeah. He's on Oklahoma City. Sorry. Um, so, but do you do you think just because this guy has some height and some ability that given this team's need for height, <laughs> that he has a good shot to make this team? What do you think? No, <laughs> I do not. I think he has. I think he has no shot. I think okay, he has moving shot, along. Moving I mean, along. Like no, next week on the Blazer Focus podcast, said. we will have. Oh, come on. The guy, I mean, he wasn't even that good in college, you know, so I don't, uh, yeah, tall people have better chances of of making a roster. Um, You know, you say he's only 23. It's it's just such a rare thing now that guys after 23, they come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like they develop into into at least rotational – Solid Maybe. guys. Now he had he had a, against the Suns. He went twenty four with five. He had he had five threes. He had twenty four points and two blocks against the Suns. Look, he can shoot. That's one thing. He's seven feet. He can shoot. Yeah. His free throw percentage is high. He can shoot the three. So any guy that's that height has a chance to to make a roster. Forty five percent from three point range. Yeah, I mean he can shoot, but I mean again, eighty three percent on threes. Doubt it. Here's the thing what I am. I'm not a guy that saw him every day and cut him. <laughs> so like <laughs> let him go. I'm just that's not who I am, right? So you're gonna look at these stats. There was a team that's not very good at basketball <laughs> that had him, saw him every day, saw what he could do, and said, Yeah, nah, we don't even have a two way. We don't have a place for a two-way contract for this guy. Like, nah, there's no well, no spot. It's I'm not gonna, like he got cut by the Warriors. I'm going to give know? him. I'm going now. They assigned a Noel 
Peel. Oh my God, I'm so bad with names. And they assigned him and then they let him go in order to bring this guy in. I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to give him a chance. However, I will fully admit that I'm a guy who sometimes, not with Antho, will just pick a guy and just say, ah, I'm going to run with this guy just because it's kind of fun. I did that with Harry Giles a couple years ago because I loved Harry Giles' potential. But what I was told is that he just didn't practice and approach the game like someone who absolutely loved it and he had to in order to, in order to overcome his deficiencies but clearly he had some physical gifts i think this guy has some ability but like you said one of the worst teams in basketball let him go that's never a good sign but i do think for this team that lacks size and their backup center right now is a guy that the spurs let go after the spurs traded to toronto and then toronto let him go so I think there's competition that can be had there, and I think that uh, he has a chance to make this roster. So, want to bet? Yeah, maybe. I don't. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are good. Next next week we will be back, and we're going to start actually taking some legitimate looks at this team because we'll be two weeks away from training camp. Uh, so be sure to click the subscribe button. Give us a positive rating, especially since I just love Ant so much. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Blazer Focused Podcast. Craig, anything you have to say in the parting shots here? I I would just like to say I, I, I like Ant and I hope for him to be really good. Okay. I love Ant and I know he's going to be amazing. Okay. <laughs> we'll catch you all next time on the Blazer Focused Podcast.